Welcome to Call to Action, the podcast that brings the most interesting women working in marketing to the spotlight. My name is Isis Lima and I'm your host. Can you imagine what Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Snapchat would look like if they didn't have any content? The backbone that drives interaction and engagement is good content. Our guest today will talk about the magic of content marketing and how to tell your story to attract people instead of interrupting them. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Call to Action. Today, I'm delighted to be with Barbara Patafi. Hi, Barbie. How are you? Hi, Isis. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I was listening to the previous episodes of this podcast and I'm, and I'm really honored that you invited me. For those who doesn't know you, um, tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. All right. So uh, my name is Barbara uh, and I'm currently a content marketing manager for, uh, for a technology provider. Uh, we are a smaller company, but we are like super global. We have offices in five continents. And talking about my background, like how did I ended up as a content marketing manager in a tech company? Uh, I would say that it is a very interesting path and a very uh, diverse <laughs> career path that I experienced so far. So my background initially uh, starts with the journalism and I actually have um, university degrees in political science and international relations, which is a bit far from marketing, but uh, if we would go a bit more in detail um, what international relations and politics actually is, it's asking the right questions, um, it's going into the right debates, listening to people, uh, you actually understand that it's not so far from marketing. So how did you make the jump from political science to finding out the marketing world? Yeah, it's interesting because um, I have uh, multiple uh, university degrees. So the first one is international relations. Um, and then when I started that university, I realized that I'm I'm a very creative person. I mean, I, I knew that before, but I realized that I need something more creative. Uh, so I started the communication and journalism in parallel. And then when completing my master's and when started in the, um, in the field of work and in my first work experiences, they always, like they were related to communication or marketing in one way or another. So just to give you an example, when I was studying um, as an international relations uni student, I get an internship at the European Parliament, but guess what? In the communication department. So um, when I was writing my master thesis for political science, I was writing, I accidentally ended up writing the thesis about public diplomacy and country branding. And I was comparing country brands next to each other. So somehow I always ended up in the in the communication and marketing uh, side of, of things. <laughs> That's really interesting. But do you think this was a conscious choice or do you think was just you drawn to this area or you say no actually I really like the marketing modules in my college and I was trying to do my dissertation around that so was that conscious or actually no it just ended up happening as you said I would say both recently uh, one of my friends they have a daughter and she's like 17 18 years old and uh, she is uh, applying to college and uh, they were asking me like okay Barbie so if she is interested in marketing like what courses or what majors she should select and I was thinking like oh my god like when I was 18 and applying to university I didn't have this expect goal of I want to become a marketing professional but as I said I always had this 
need for creativity. I always had this curiosity to create something new, to try out something new. So when they asked me that, I, I, my response was exactly like that. Like, I mean, this is like a try and error thing, right? So try to experience some things, try to see where your passion lies. And I mean, it, it's not necessarily a, a major drawback if you don't have a degree in marketing because, because later in life, I think the work experience is what matters the most. And in, in, in my case or in my example, I discovered this. I discovered that I'm really interested in the communication and the marketing side of things uh, when I started working. So when I started my first internships, when I started my first um, uh, traineeships. Uh, so it, I mean, I realized it's sort of like by doing it. Yeah. No, and I think as well, more than majors getting a certain degree, I think it's more the skills that you build on the way. So things that you mentioned, be curious, try new things. I think marketing it's all about experimentation and experimenting something. And if you had this mindset and if you look to to get gather these skills in any major that you have, you're going to get a marketing job. So yeah, I don't think you have to be that fixed on a certain type of major. Our last guest, Ruth, uh, for example, she had a science background and then she ended up in marketing. What was your first real job nine to five? My first nine-to-five job was uh, at a design agency uh, in Denmark, Copenhagen. Uh, so that was already uh, a little bit far from uh, from the uh, from the political science part. But I did my masters uh, in Denmark, Copenhagen, and I mean. As a foreigner in a new country, it was like super, super tough to find a new job. Um, and actually Denmark was like, I would say it was like a pivotal moment in my life or like a pivotal time in my life. Uh, because when I, uh, when I did my bachelor's back in Hungary, I mean, communication and marketing, to be honest, it was an area that was a bit looked down at. So, I mean, people people thought like, okay, if you don't know what you want to do with your life, maybe you start uh, a communication or marketing major. And I, I mean, I had that, uh, I had that prejudice uh, when I went to Denmark. And then uh, in Denmark and in Copenhagen, it is one of the startup capitals of Europe, yeah? So, uh, I mean, small companies, tech companies, innovation, it's, it's all around. Uh, and actually, that was the first time in my life when I realized, okay, I have a major in communication and marketing, and this is actually really needed in the job market. I was really, really surprised that many of my friends who had like science background, other type of background, they were struggling to find a job. Uh, and there were tons of communication and marketing openings in, in Copenhagen. So that's how I secured my first nine to five job as a foreigner um, in Denmark. It was a small design agency. Uh, it was a really interesting learning curve because um, if I tell you a little bit more about my career, I mean, I experienced sort of all sides of the spectrum working for really small agencies, really small creative teams, uh, all the way to big worldwide corporations like Vodafone. And it's, um, it's a really diverse, really different dynamic in a small, small agency and in a big corporation. Can you tell me a little bit of that? Uh, what were the main changes that you noticed coming from a very small agency to uh, a big corporation? What are the things that you had to learn or to adapt? Yeah, I would say coming from a small agency and starting at a small agency, it really give, gave me this attitude of, of being a self-starter and not to wait to uh, to anybody or, or anything to solve my problems. Because in a small team, you know, like there is like no customer support, there is uh, no 
sort of no infrastructure behind you. So if you have a problem, you need to sort it out. Um, and I think in the beginning of your career, or at least in the beginning of my career, it was really a useful experience. Like you need to step up your game. And if something is not working, you need to do your research. You need to make it work. And after that, if you end up in a large organization, you realize that there are processes in place and there are so many things around you to to help you solve these things and you don't have to be an expert in everything uh, but I think in the beginning of your career experiencing a smaller team and how it works in a smaller company I think it's it's really helpful it at least it was really helpful for me. Yeah, I think as well, this part of uh, exploring new things in uh, when you're in the beginning of a career, it's good to give you a sense what you like more and what you don't like that much. So when you have an, the opportunity to try to do a bit of communication, then maybe tomorrow a bit of PR and then talking to customers, talking to sales, you can decide yourself, okay, I like way more the creative side than maybe the Excel side or the performance side. And from there, you can decide your next steps. And maybe when you go to a role that is more a specialist role when you're going to be doing a certain thing, not exactly the same thing over and over because we don't work in factories, but you're going to be specialist in a certain area, you have a better sense where you get into. Otherwise, I think it would be ter it's terrifying the idea that you get a job that you hate completely after you join because you had no clue that you didn't like. So I think it's very useful. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, reacting on this one. So when you work in a small agency or in a small company, like there are these specialty areas, like when we talk about digital marketing, for example, there are so many things, so many areas that you could specialize in and indulge yourself in. Let it be like public relations, SEO, SEM, event management, content creation, social media management. Um, and I think it's a really useful experience in a small team to try yourself out in sort of these different areas and, and really see where, where your passion lies. So you've, you said that when you're in college, you found out that I really like communication. And then having this experience in the agency, you probably found more areas. Do you still stick with communication? What happened to you after that? Yeah, my title uh, in LinkedIn and as you introduced me is a content marketing manager. And I think content marketing is actually an area that combines really well my expertise or my background in communication and journalism with the insights and the um, and the business KPIs that we work towards in our marketing team. Because like content marketing is an area where you sort of you need to communicate or you need to convince your buyers. Uh, I mean, I'm working in a B2B company yes so i'm talking about b2b buyers but you need to translate this business needs or this uh, or these business values into actually understandable humanly understandable stories and then create stories around this right so i think this is a this is a very nice combination of uh, of my background and my interest uh, in this way yeah i read somewhere a quote saying that content marketing it's educational it's talking about a company without selling a product do you agree with that yeah I, i i really like this quote and i mean actually in the company where i where i'm currently working this is a tech company and we work in the no code industry so even the industry is uh, so specific that it's really hard i can't even i think i can't even explain my parents in a proper way what i'm doing 
because it's so specific, it's so new, it's so innovative. So I think a big part of my job at the moment is, is really actually making this understandable and making this relatable, uh, not only to our buyers, but to the bigger audience, let it be my parents, my friends, whatever. Um, so I really like the, the quotes that you just said. So how, what's your trick to, or your technique more than trick, to translate something that is very technical to a non-technical audience? Yeah, I would say it's very difficult, but my, I think my diverse background really helps me in this uh, because I, I can put myself in the shoes of so many people because I started in journalism. I was an account manager. I work for small agencies. I work for big corporations. So I've seen so many sides of the spectrum. I've seen the motivation of, of different people and different roles within an organization that I think it really helps me um, in this domain of, of how to communicate and how to... But yeah, so it's really the different type of messages to different type of personas and, and different type of job roles and, uh, and targets that we try to communicate with. I think it really helps me because I have this I have this broader insight into this world. So you were a wide lens of the world instead of a narrow one. I would say so. Uh, and I mean, when you're in the beginning of your career, you're probably doing like more of the executional part of, uh, of any type of job. But once you have a few years of experience, you move towards this execution to more of the strategy part. Um, and I think, I mean, also in this regard, like my background in journalism and, and my insight of this, you know, like diverse areas of this spectrum really helps me because, I mean, there are so many things like what I learned as an expat in Copenhagen, what I learned in a design studio, what I learned in a, in a telco company like Vodafone. It, like I, I have this very broad skill set or, or like tools that I can apply because, uh, because I learned little things here, little things there. And it really helps for the, for the big picture. Yeah, that, that's experience and it's only with time. But something that you said that is very interesting is moving from uh, doing the tasks yourself to more a plan and creating the strategy. So how was, this, how was this process for you? What were the things that you had to learn? to get your hands off the projects and just lend over to others? Yeah, I, I would approach this like I have experience both from a marketing agency side Now I work for, for a company, which is sort of a client, like we have agencies and we are a client for an agency now, right? And I think this is, this is a very interesting time uh, in my life because previously I've been part of the agency. So I was giving out the price proposals. Uh, I, was, I was having the briefings uh, with the creative persons and like we developed the project plan and, and all that. And now I'm sitting on the different side of the table. And it's really useful because I completely understand like when somebody is talking to me from the agency side saying something like, okay, this concept might take two weeks to develop. I understand why, because I've been there and, I, and I've seen, you know, uh, how much work it takes in the background. And most of the, most of the clients who doesn't have agency background, of course, like they, sometimes they really simplify things and they don't understand why it takes too much time, uh, why the communication is so hard, uh, why the creative like doesn't like, why didn't we have the expected outcome? It might be because of the improper briefing. It might be because you don't know your exact target audience. It might be because the campaign, like the timing of the campaign was completely wrong. 
And it's really interesting coming from an agency background and now sitting on the client side to have these insights from the background. Yeah, and I'll say because you, you lived both lives, I think you have a more uh, realistic timeline in your head because I'm tired of people saying, okay, we can do this email yeah, by tomorrow. And it's not realistic because the agency has a backlog of things that it's not going to happen in 24 hours if it's not an extremely priority. So do you think because you know goes on on agencies, you have a more realistic approach to the relationship? I would say yes. Recently, we just briefed uh, a PR agency and a digital marketing agency that we want to collaborate with. There were some deadlines and some KPIs that were like, if you think from an agency perspective, they were totally unreasonable. Uh, and I only had that insight because I've been, I was sitting in an agency before and I, and I had that insight. But I mean, I'm, I'm not sitting in an agency anymore. So I'm a client. So I like, I act as a client. I try to act as a client most of the time, but it's still important to, uh, to have this insight. No, definitely. And what do you think there are the main differences between working in an agency and working uh, in a company when you're a client of an agency? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I would say when you're working uh, in an agency, you have to be super creative and also very, very thorough. So if you work for a marketing agency in any type of role, let it be a creative role uh, or an account manager, any type of role, you have to be very thorough because it's your job that you understand the client requirements 100%. So the key if you work for an agency, I believe, is to is to really get the proper briefing to get as much information from the client as possible. Because many times the client either doesn't know what he or she wants or or maybe she is or he is missing out on the details and it's your job if you're working at the agency, to make those details identified and to make sure that every question, you have all the information for a successful campaign. Whereas if you're working for a, for a company where you're a customer of an agency, I think there you have to be, I would say you have to, you really have to know your target audience. You really have to know what is the aim of the campaign. Uh, because I mean, it works two ways. Like if you're not able to give a proper brief briefing to the agency, the campaign or the creative like won't be that good. Uh, if you don't know what is your exact goal with the campaign or if you don't know what who are your exact target audience that you want to talk to, uh, you can expect it could be the best creative coming from the agency, but the campaign won't succeed. Yeah, so if you think on the, the, the three monkeys, that one is the, the ear, the other one is the mouth, the other one is the vision, I think the agency is the the ears and the client is the mouth. But the client has to be able to express themselves really well and knowing what they want, while the agency have to be very empathetic and listen and like do an active listening uh, of those clients. Exactly, exactly. Do you find um, that it's a bit easier to be thinking only in one about one brand all the time? Because when you're an agency, you have to adapt to so many brands, to so many different targets. And then when you start working for a single company, when you're doing just market for that company, you only have that uh, set of targets to think about it, that set of customers. Do you find that it's easier or it's just different? Yeah, I would say it's it's different and it's definitely easier if you need to focus only on one brand. Uh, but then again, it comes to it comes down to the type of personality that you have. So I think after some time, some years of service, you can get really tired of your 
brand color of your logo of seeing the same thing every day. Whereas if you work for an agency where you have different clients with different brand identities, different messaging, it's very exciting. But for some people, I mean, it's also tiring because you might have a brand that you prefer, like you might have a favorite and the, and the creatives or the campaigns for those brands somehow are always a bit better than for the other companies. So, I mean, I think it comes down to your personality. But for me, it's definitely easier focusing only on one brand and, um, and one uh, messaging. Yeah. So I never worked for an agency before. So how would you describe the work-life balance on an agency? Because they work with so strict deadlines all the time. Do you say there is a work-life balance in an agency world, in your experience? Before I joined an agency, I was warned that it's a very, very tough life and there is uh, no work-life balance. And I was like, okay, test me. Like I attended two universities at the same time. I, I did a lot of things that I thought that I am capable of doing that. And guess what? Uh, they were right. It's really tough and, and there is very little work-life balance when you work for a, an agency and you want to do a good job. Because let's say you have three or four clients or even more and everybody has projects that needs to be delivered uh, as soon as possible. Everybody has their own priorities and it's really hard. It's really hard to manage, especially now with the COVID that most people are working from home. And it's really easy to get into this trap that you open up your laptop eight in the morning you have some clients that require immediate action and uh, 18 in the evening you're still there because you have a client from the US or you have another project from a different time zone and it's yeah it's it's really hard to manage is that one of the reasons that you decided to move to a, a company or not really it's just happened It was one of the reasons uh, why I decided uh, that I move that I move to um, a smaller company uh, and I leave the agency life behind. Uh, I'm not saying that it's for forever, uh, but at this point in my life, I felt that I needed a little break. And instead of like managing multiple brands or multiple clients at the same time, I thought that in my career, it's better now if I try to focus on one brand and really try to make an impact there. In a, in a smaller team. Um, but I mean, uh, in, a, in my current role, uh, we also have, you know, like teams in the different continents. And like, I constantly engage with the product team, with the sales team, with the pre-sales team who are in different countries or even in different time zones. So at the end, it's, uh, it's not that much different. Yeah, lots of stakeholders everywhere. <laughs> We cannot escape them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So now that you work for a single brand, how do you find yourself thinking on different ways for planning and campaigns or even having creative ideas to innovate your, the brand itself over and over? Yeah, I would say um, it's very different because if you're focusing on a one brand and working for a marketing team of, of your company, then you have to be creative in different ways. So for example, you're selling, you're trying to sell the same product all over again, over and over again uh, with all of your events, with all of your social media campaigns, you're, you're sort of selling the similar, like similar thing. Uh, so you have to be like, you have to be much more creative in terms of how do you formulate the same message? How do you find a different angle? Uh, how do you find a different use case, a different case study uh, that could be interesting for the target audience? And also in terms of of the stakeholders. We discussed the stakeholders a few minutes ago. So if you work for an internal marketing team in a company, your stakeholders are also like the management team of the company. 
Because if you work for an agency, you have the client, the client has the requirements, you deliver, and you're great most of the times. Most of the time, but uh, but in a company, when you're managing a single brand, like these internal stakeholders, they might have different agenda. Like the sales team might want to do something, and the management says, "Oh, we don't have the budget for it." Like prove prove me a case. Or the product team might want to do a demo, might want to do something, uh, and the sales team doesn't agree. So you have to manage internal stakeholders in in a in a different way than than what you would do in an agency. Yeah, com- completely makes sense. And for someone who wants to work with content, what would be your tips? I would say if you have a background, if you enjoy content creation, let it be writing, uh, video editing, uh, podcast recording. So different type of content creation definitely helps. And you have to be, I think it really helps if you are punctual. Really have to be punctual. So my area or my specialty still to this day is uh, is a written content. So I really enjoy like I have writing journalism as still as a hobby even today. Um, and some of the learnings and some of the tools that I that I get from there or from the experience that um, that I get from the university and my my background in journalism is still with me even today. So for example, I'm a content marketing manager now, but I still have the tools, let's say the Grammarly, the Hemingway editor, the One Look Reverse Dictionary that I use every day. Um, and these are coming from from the journalism background, yes. Yeah. So I still remember like when I had my first job at the journal, at a student journal and my editor, like I showed him my article, I was really proud of it. And the editor cut out half of my article. Like the most beautiful sentences, in my opinion, the, the best adjectives, he cut them out. It was really painful, but that's where I learned um, like you really need to be like your communication, your messaging really needs to be brief. If the adjective doesn't belong there, you just cut it out. If the sentence is too long, even though it's beautiful, you just cut it out. Um, and these learnings are, are with me still today. And I, actually, I really recommend the Hemingway editor if we're talking about content marketing. It's really a helpful online tool to, to help you with your, with your written content. So it's content is still king in marketing. I would say definitely, even in even in B two B marketing, uh, when you're selling to um, uh, business buyers, at the end of the day, they are still humans. So I would say content is really king, meaningful content. So to finish up our time, because it's been such a delight to talk to you, can you share a word of wisdom that has stuck with you? Yes, I was thinking about what to say because I have uh, multiple multiple of this, but um, I would say the most important thing that stuck with me, uh, I would say the best way to get what you want is to help other people get what they want. This is something that's uh, on my desk next to my laptop or my workstation every day. And I think it's a very good reminder uh, for myself. Like at the end of the day, like we all have our own agendas. We have our own backgrounds. If you have a very tough call, with your colleague it might be that she just had a bad day or she had an issue in her personal life that you are not aware of and i mean people if if you get like a bad critique or a bad feedback it might not be that your work was bad but it might be that this person has his own agenda he might want to get a promotion from his boss or what's not so these things you can't you can't know all the time but i think if you're kind to uh, to your colleagues and to your clients it really it always pays off uh, on the long run so so that's my word of wisdom i couldn't agree more i'm a strong 
I'm a strong believer of good karma, and I do think when we do help the others and we spread good, good come back to us. That was a great way to finish up. Thank you so much, Barbie. Some, if people want to talk to you, what's the best way to reach? I would say uh, I'm available on my LinkedIn profile and I also have a website. Um, it's rebarbara.com. So uh, feel free to, to hit me up. Will do. So thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. This podcast was edited by Aerolitos Smart Edition.